everybody, welcome to Mastermind.fm. This is Jean Galea, and with me today I have Oleg Giberstein and Gabriele Mozella from CoinRule. CoinRule is a crypto trading platform which helps us automate our trading based on rules that we can set up. So, welcome, guys. Hello, hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. Thanks for inviting us. You're welcome. What was what's the genesis of CoinRule? How did you guys start it? Were you traders before? How did you get into crypto? What problem were you trying to solve here? Yeah, so the way it started was two years ago, co-founders, we were at the Mass Challenge Accelerator. It's an accelerator in London. And we had previous companies. We had like other startups, each of us. Uh, we had a few ideas about cryptocurrencies. Uh, I already had sketched something that kind of resembled CoinRule. It was something to create uh, algorithmic trades. That's because uh, in the past I met an ex-colleague and he showed me this beautiful script that he built. And uh, he made a 10x in one year. Uh, it was a script that was uh, was buying um, every every day the best performing coin. And then he was reselling it the next day. And that was it. And recurrently he made a 10x uh, and he was doing on stocks. So uh, I remember that, that, that day I went home, I tried to do the same thing to replicate it. I'm not a programmer by training. Uh, I can write code, but my code is not the best. So that, that's when I started having the idea for Koru. And then when I met uh, Oleg, uh, it kind of developed further and then Zenek joined. So that was the genesis. It was a user need that me, Oleg, and also Zenek uh, had uh, since the beginning because we were already in the crypto space a few years back. Awesome. Okay. And so let's start by, I guess, there are two main different ways of getting into crypto and making money by buying and selling. There are those who are called colloquially the hodlers who just buy and hold and those who trade. I'd love to know your experience. Obviously, Gabriele has just mentioned that your friend was doing trading. Obviously, he was buying and selling. Have you ever done just buying and holding or how do you view the two alternatives? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's a good question, which is uh, widely discussed in the space. I don't actually think that these uh, two trading and holding necessarily have to stand against each other mm-hmm. because I, I mean, the projects, the coins that I believe in, I'm holding most of them. But at the same time, the market moves a lot and the market moves fast. So for me, if I can take some profits when the market goes up and then also accumulate, buy more of a certain coin when the market goes down, in my mind, I'm still holding because I want to keep a portfolio, let's say, of like top coins, like Bitcoin, Ethereum. I want to keep it long term. I just don't want to be completely exposed to the volatility without you know having something to protect me that's actually where it became really interesting for me to use CoinRule because that's really easy to do with CoinRule so what we're saying is that we can have let's say i love bitcoin and i believe in bitcoin more than any other project out there so if i understand correctly i could use CoinRule to both trade other cryptos just to make money of their fluctuations, but also make another rule for Bitcoin to just buy when some certain rule gets hit. So I continue accumulating and never selling Bitcoin in that case. Exactly. So for example, whenever the price of Bitcoin drops 5% in, or let's say 2% Mm -hmm. in six hours, I want to buy $100 of Bitcoin. Right. 
like okay. for example so it's a smart accumulation basically okay and tell us more about for those who are not very familiar with these systems so let's say someone has signed up to an exchange to buy bitcoin or other cryptos and they've done a few trades manually and they want to optimize it further now i think it's also worth mentioning that there are many hedge funds as well which kind of do algorithmic trading and other strategies is it the case that we're trying to replicate what the hedge funds are doing for a lower cost here i mean in a way yes i mean in a way our mission is to give normal people hobbyist investors the same power that hedge funds and banks have so uh, the idea is to give them a weapon to fight back these big uh, algorithmic uh, quant floors with the experts. Because if you go on one of these edge funds, most of the time, the strategy they use is, is not really rocket science. They do swing trading, they do accumulation, as we were discussing. Um, so uh, then the only uh, barriers to entry for a normal investor is only the programming skills. Uh, and that's why we define coin rule as a no-code platform. So it's a platform where everyone comes and with a, a natural language, can actually set up a strategy that makes sense even uh, to people that are not expert, expert in finance. In fact, you can literally say if Bitcoin goes down a specific amount and you can use several uh, conditions like volume and price and, and those then activate an action that you can choose. Mm -hmm. So the rationale is yeah, to make it simple for the 90% of the traders. They do manual trading and after a little bit of trading on one of the exchanges like Binance or Kraken, they feel the need of uh, having some automatic power in place because trading is not their main job. So they would like to take advantage of volatility without uh, spending too much time because they're family, because they have other jobs, obviously. Uh, so in, in, in that case, uh, after like trading uh, for a few uh, weeks or months on Binance, then they start looking for someone, something like CoinRule. They can connect their exchange and uh, to, to CoinRule. And that also means that CoinRule is not custodial. So your funds are actually sitting on your favorite exchange on that wallet. And you only give buying and selling rights to CoinRule. And that also means that we cannot touch a fund. It's super safe. Mm -hmm. And then you can start playing. You can choose one of the template strategies we have in our library. And then you can, you can read the description. You can read the complexity. You can see some videos. Uh, and then you can select one of them and, and start from there. Or you can actually start from scratch if you already have some correlation, some some idea in your mind. I don't know, maybe you saw that when Bitcoin goes up, Ethereum follows it as well mm. by a factor of 50%. But a lot of correlation that our users find and put in place on CoinRoom. Right, okay. So just to go back a bit, once we have our exchange set up, we can then connect it to CoinRoom and that's done through an API. And you've selected a number of exchanges, which from what I see, they are the biggest exchanges and most popular ones. Was there any reasoning behind choosing these exchanges beyond choosing the biggest? So first of all, yes, definitely they are the biggest. Second, we also make sure that we only work with exchanges that have a good reputation. Mm -hmm. So we had a few opportunities where exchanges contacted us, but we weren't convinced by really the brand and some of the data reporting they do, etc. So we decided not to work with them. But we also partner up with some exchanges. So exchanges which maybe are not the biggest ones, but which are like credible, 
uh, well-developed uh, user-friendly exchanges that we personally meet them or partner up with them. And then we also add them on CoinGroup. Okay. Do you discriminate between centralized or decentralized exchanges? No, no, we don't. We don't. We don't. I mean, ideally, in the future, we are we are planning to also expand uh, CoinRule on a blockchain. Mm -hmm. So that will allow us to uh, work with uh, several dApps mm -hmm. and also with the interoperable chains like Polkadot, Cosmos. So yeah, actually, we don't discriminate. Actually, we we really would like to uh, expand more into the DeFi world. Uh, but uh, at the moment, we are a small team of six people, mm -hmm. so we need more resources for that. We are, we are working towards that, that goal. Okay. Let's say we connected the exchange with CoinRule, and then we're ready to start. So first of all, who's your main target audience? Would it be someone who's got lots of experience in trading or even someone who's just starting out? Actually, a lot of our users are just starting out. So a typical user, it's a millennial investor, or also we have users who are slightly older than that, but really on average, let's say between 28 and 40, they've traded on platforms like Coinbase and Binance, and now they are ready to make the next step, but they are not really professional traders. The professional traders, they go to much different places, very advanced platforms. But what we do is we make it for these millennial investors or for people who, as Gabriela said earlier, who want to trade maybe a few hours per week. We make it very easy for them to do so. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the main knowledge that they should have before attempting something like this? Like the real basics they should know well before starting to play around with trading? I mean, personally, it's, it's a journey that uh, me, Oleg, you know, we, we, we started from, from zero, like I think, I think four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think the best, best thing is to do a lot of fundamental research. So actually uh, investing in projects that you believe in. So reading about the project, reading about the white paper, understanding the team, and start like trading with with uh, with simple strategies like you know like buy low and sell high mm -hmm. and and then entering the market with already an idea in mind so how much profit you want to make out of that specific investment it can be five it can be ten percent so that when the moment comes to take your profit then uh, you know you, you are not you're not taken by all sorts of emotions FOMO that can kind of change the initial idea and then it can bring you somewhere where you do you know when you start trading by instinct mm -hmm. that's not the ideal scenario you want to be always cold and rational when you make decision about your investment so i would say yes yeah, start with something that you know read about the project believe in the project and then have a clear idea of what, how much you want to take in terms of profit out of that single trade and looking at your website, it, it does get give you the feel that it's something that has a lot of power, but it's also simple. So on the homepage, we can see like that tool to, to backtest and backtest, meaning you can try out a strategy and see how it would have performed over a period of months up to a number of years here. I think it's two years. And so we also have some strategies. So I'd love to know. I guess these five strategies that are mentioned here are the most common ones. So I'd love to know a bit more about these strategies. It's an interesting question. Actually, if you scroll a bit down, I think on the landing uh -huh. page, we also show some of the templates. 150 more, yeah. Yes. 
So those are because on the backtesting side, that widget that's indicative number. So you can just play around with it. But we are we are about to roll out the backtesting live on the platform, and you then okay. also see the basically historical performance of some of those template strategies that you can see there. Um, in terms of uh, the templates that you see, those are some of the most common ones. So it kind of it goes back to some of the things we discussed earlier. So you let's say you want to accumulate a certain coin, but you also want to take profit. Mm -hmm. Super easy with a template. Or you want to maybe balance your portfolio. Uh, so a passive strategy where, let's say, every week you sell a certain amount of your coins based on their performance and you buy a certain amount of coins based on their performance. And you can do that like every week, for example. So these are strategies that people do who have like a bit of a more long-term appetite and who are not necessarily trying to catch like immediate opportunities. Mm -hmm. For those people who want to trade a bit more aggressively, there are strategies for swing trading and also so-called range trading strategies. So for example, if you know that uh, the price of Ethereum moves a lot between uh, $200 and $220, you can set the parameters in such way that you can buy and sell in between that range. And with our template, that's actually really easy, really easy to do. Mm -hmm. All right. And you also mentioned that there are different kinds of traders. And on your website, you mention a few here. Would you be able to describe briefly what these kinds of traders are? I think it would be interesting for our audience maybe to see which one they feel uh, most comfortable with or most they most identify with. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the main value of CoinRule is to make you know, trading accessible to the masses, mm -hmm. so to everyone. Our assumption is that people have a brain and actually can play a role in active investing. Uh, so if you take the typical hobbyist investors, you know, they, they put their money in a, in a fund sometime, they do passive investment, and that's fine. So we believe that 80, 90% of your funds should be in a passive product like Money Farm, Wealthify, you put your money there and after one year, you get your four or 5% uh, back. But then, you know, the 10, 15%, it's something that can be played actively by everyone. So that's what we call hobbyist investors, or hobbyist traders. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and uh, you know, by just playing around for 30 minutes a week, reading our learning center, playing around with the templates, or actually making mistakes, or playing also with our demo exchange, uh, then you can you can learn by you know by just by spending half an hour one hour a week. The demo exchange is very powerful. It's basically a, a replica uh, of the Binance. Mm -hmm. So we get all the live prices from Binance. You can set up your strategy and 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 see how they perform. Then when you feel comfortable, you can actually switch the strategy live with the real money, real money. And that's what we 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 have as our main customer. It's the hobbyist. Then we found that uh, there are a little bit more advanced traders that already use MetaTrader, they have a Bloomberg maybe terminal at work. And for them, there is another use case. For them, sometimes they just want a no-brainer tool. Uh, they already know what to do. They just want something quick and nice and slick. Mm -hmm. So this type of people, they buy the trader plan. They come in and they just set up stuff, but they already know what to do. And then we have the third tier plan that is more for B2B hedge funds. We are in conversation already with a family office in, in, in Germany and one hedge fund in Australia for this plan and also some customization of this plan. But that's mostly the, the enterprise professionals that use that one because they want to have the full, uh, the full capabilities at their service. All right. Very interesting. And so uh, going back to your knowledge base, I can see that you mentioned the day traders, scalpers, swing traders. 
would these fall under some of the categories you mentioned or is it something different yeah yeah no t they totally would although uh, this is they obviously let's say there are swing traders who might fit more into a hobbyist mm -hmm. plan and then there are swing traders who fit more into a trader plan a lot of that then depends on the volumes they're willing to trade and also the level of expertise they have so in a way we have our different plans but then also you have different types of strategies that people pursue now of course a lot of users they might not yet be sufficiently familiar with the world of trading they wouldn't think of themselves as you know a swing trader yeah. or you know some one of those categories but what people do whether they are aware of it or not people pursue either defensive strategies or aggressive strategies or usually it's a combination of both and that's to me that's kind of the main the main really criteria and there will be users they'll be using any of those strategies that you just described and they can fit into our different plans depending on the amounts they are comfortable to trade and also the experience really they have right okay so if i understand correctly these are like for big buckets and then within those areas they can even go and select one or more of those templates that we mentioned earlier yes exactly mm -hmm. okay and then apart from the fees that you charge they would also to make it clear have to pay the the fees of their exchange which they connected yes yes in that regard actually we have a nice widget on the pricing page that shows uh, what i'm about to explain that we actually are a SaaS business so we we just charge you uh, monthly mm -hmm. uh, small subscriptions and then you, you know you can trade as much volume as you want within the, the different tiers that means basically that if you spend 0.1% on Binance, then you don't have any extra costs related to the trades on CoinRoom. You only pay the subscription that starts from $30 a month. So in that case, you know, if you, if you think about how much competitors charges in terms of per transaction or per volume, uh, then it's, it's very kind of good and a peace of mind to have just a flat monthly subscription uh, and then you have the full the this full software package to your service. That's our approach uh, in the company. We we like to be very transparent. We like to be very clear and simple as well uh, in the pricing. You know, it's the same like in the product. So it's kind of it's an approach that we adopt in several uh, units of the team. I, I really recommend someone interested to go on the landing page. We have this widget that tells you how much you can save if you uh, pay monthly compared with transaction fees. A lot of other businesses they have a lot of hidden costs. Uh, we hate that, that that would be we really don't like it one example for example is uh, all these trading uh, platforms that make you trade for free uh, there is Robinhood and uh, other other mm -hmm. similar platform yeah. they tell you that it's for free but actually what they do when you place a, a, a trade they just resell your trade to high frequency traders that can outperform your price and and actually then make money on your back without you knowing it we actually respect the user and we prefer to show transparently our prices Exactly. And yeah, I really like that. And also the benefit is that you never touch or do anything with the, the users, funds, crypto or fiat currencies. It's just an interface between the user and the exchange. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are two reasons for that. One is that we believe in modular innovation, so not reinventing the wheel from scratch. So, you know, who needs another exchange in the world? Like there are so many exchanges. Mm -hmm. And also the second thing is from a, an entrepreneurship point of view, 
we built a company with uh, as less liability as possible. Yeah. That's a very lean approach that uh, allow you to actually be already in business without having so many liabilities. You know, having custodial uh, rights and, and, and the wallets, it's actually technically it's complex, but also in terms of regulation, it kind of brings a lot of uh, harsh hurdles. Mm-hmm. Very good. I, I'd like to come back to risk management because I'm sure that still many people think of trading as something extremely risky. And having had a look at, at your website, I now feel that it's not as risky as I might have imagined. But what do you suggest are some risk management basics for people who are just starting out? So uh, there are three critical things. One is never to invest more than you're comfortable to lose. Like if you have amounts invested that you basically see as, you know, this is my risk portfolio, this is the money I would be perfectly comfortable to lose, then of course, the worst that can happen is that you lose that portion. And your other funds, of course, are are safe. That's the number one thing we try to tell our users. The second thing is whenever you enter a trade, make sure that you have a stop loss. So something that protects your funds if the market turns against you. One thing we are actually very, very proud of is that when the market crashed in March this year, the whole mm-hmm. coronavirus-related crash, afterwards, still 67% of the user strategies on our platform were in profit. How is that possible given that the market crashed so much? Well, it's possible because users actually had set up stop losses and protective rules. Now, if you have just a stop loss on an exchange, it will try to trigger when the market falls. But if the market falls fast, your rule will just not fail and you're still stuck thinking that you have been protected while in reality you weren't. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a coin strategy doing the same for you, it will just continue trying to run it until it actually fails and executes. So even if it doesn't fail immediately, it eventually triggers and it does protect your portfolio. So whenever you trade, make sure you have something that covers you from the downside. And the other thing, it's almost the opposite of that, taking profit. So the other risk is that, let's say you have a position that grows very nicely, but because you have not set a take profit, you lose the potential income, the potential profit of that. So let's say your position grows 20%, but instead of taking profit on that, you wait, hoping that it continues to grow and you end up going back to where you started. So that's another aspect of risk mitigation, which is take profits on your strategies that are performing well. So these three things, don't risk more than you can afford to lose, protect yourself from the downside, take profits on the upside. That's the three key pillars of risk management that our head of trading, Ruben, but also us as a company, we consistently try to give our users as kind of a core principles. Very interesting. Uh, I was wondering whether there's any mechanism for the platform to give feedback to the investor so that he can continue learning from his good strategies and his strategies which were not so good so he continues to refine his approach that's a very good question uh, yes we are working on that um, there is a um, you know that's what we call a smart assistant mm-hmm. there is some component of that at the moment in the app but we're working to refine that with also with the fca so the financial authority in the uk requires a robot advisory license to actually give proper advices on investment 
so the idea is that with uh, together with the back testing functionality, we will have a predictive tool that will tell you how that trade can go, you know, with our two, three, three different scenarios and how can your strategy can be improved or where, where do you need to change it in order to make to have a better possibility uh, to actually succeed with that specific trade. And then there will be like also like suggestion, dynamic suggestion while you are building the rule as well. That will require a huge effort in terms of machine learning. So at the moment, we are already in partnership with the City University. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our advisors is um, it's, uh, Andrea Baronkel, is a professor of, uh, of data science at City University. And uh, we are already starting like defining the project to uh, get more into machine learning in order to analyze uh, the different patterns of the strategy and being able to give customized recommendation for each users. Uh, but that's something that will come in 2021. Very interesting. And, and what historical data is available for people who are investing? I mean, I, I can see on the screenshot on the homepage, say daily trade crypto ran 37 times. Would I be able to go in and see all the times it was run and what return it generated? You can't yet see the uh, performance of a template strategy mm-hmm. overall. So you will be able to see that once we have the backtesting integrated. We will also be adding like a kind of rules marketplace mm-hmm. where basically users will be able to rent out rules and share each other's rules that have been performing well. And then, of course, you'll be able to see the performance. The other thing is that also in the future, we'll have a much more extensive, uh, like basically transactions uh, log. So you'll actually be able to to track your overall trading performance right. in a bigger picture. These are things that are coming in the next uh, six to nine months, really. Yeah, because I'm thinking of connecting various exchanges. Is that possible? And tracking everything through CoinRule? Uh, yes, it's possible. You can connect uh, up to seven exchanges uh, and uh, you can see obviously the performance of your rules and you know across several months. What you cannot see is the performance of everyone using that specific strategy. That's something that um, we are working hard to build also because it goes into the copy trading functionalities. Right. That is basically a marketplace where as a user you can buy a strategy from some professional traders. You can get it and then the profit there's a small percentage that you give back to the professional traders. Mm-hmm. So to do that, we need to, get, uh, to do a lot of aggregation of data with artificial intelligence and machine learning. And that will come, as uh, Oleg said, uh, in the next uh, few months. Okay. And so when I create a rule, do I have to specify the exchange and have it be fixed as part of the rule? Yeah. So the first step actually is that you select the exchange that you want okay. the rule to run on. So it's not possible to do any arbitrage between the exchanges? At the moment, no, um, but that's com- that's coming. That's actually one of the most requested yeah. features we have. <laughs> All right, awesome. So when you set a rule, say, I want to sell when Bitcoin price goes up by 10%, do you get the maker or taker fees on the exchange? As a trader, uh, you t- well, the thing is, uh, if the trader trades through us, they just pay the regular uh, like t- t- taker transaction yeah. fee on the exchange as well. Okay. On that point, actually, some of the mo- most advanced strategies that users are pursuing in this market at the moment are market making strategies. And that's, of course, where, you know, maker and taker, uh, that becomes actually a very relevant uh, concept. But we have not yet wrote that out either. Right. Okay. Because, Mike, personally, I've done the 10% thing manually. I would calculate it, put in an order on, say, Kraken, 
and get the maker maker fees, which is substantially lower sometimes from the taker fee. Yeah, we are a layer on top of, of the exchanges, so you know, independently from the relation that you have with each exchange. Okay. What other complementary tools do traders typically use apart from CoinRule and their exchange? Yeah, so uh, the way we structure the product is in a way that potentially you have three tabs open when you trade. Mm -hmm. So you have your coin market cap to understand uh, what the project is doing. Potentially you have your exchange open, let's say Binance, and then you have CoinRule. So you have the full spectrum of the thing. You have the data, you have your exchange to understand your wallet and what you want to do, and then you have the automation tool. Uh, that was a decision that we took internally, consciously, that we cannot provide a WordCast service for each of these verticals because in each vertical, you know, there's a leading service like mm -hmm. CoinMarketCap, etc. Probably in the future, we will be able to some third-party integrations. So you will be able to see, for example, the trading view directly within the app with the core rule. Uh, but at the moment, we see that this is the, the, the best approach. And to be honest, people like it. I mean, people are used nowadays to to software that solve one specific problem well. Um, and they don't try to be the huge platform like Amazon or Google. Yeah. Um, and But that's also like a very uh, startup approach to start with one feature and then to expand. Yeah, all right. And I also saw mention that you have some kind of community which is part of some pricing tiers. I'd love to know a bit more about that. Yeah, so we have a very active community on Telegram. Mm -hmm. We're keeping it for now still relatively small because we want to make sure that really like the value that this community adds to every member is very high. So people already share their strategies, discuss the market. Uh, our head of trading, Ruben, is very active in that community and shares also his insights on what's going on in the market and so on. It's something that's really important for us to kind of give a place to our community to meet and discuss. And we decided to use Telegram because that's something that's very commonly used in the crypto community, but we might in the future also change platforms. Mm -hmm. So this is available for those only who, who are on certain tiers? It depends. I mean, it's an invite-only community, right, okay. uh, but we do, like people who are very active, we usually invite them to join mm -hmm. us. Well, at this point, we're still somewhat flexible on that. Right. Uh, how about currencies? Is it possible to select like the euro or dollars in order to trade within a certain rule? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. You can select uh, in the setting page, you can mm -hmm. select what's your base currency. Yeah. So we found that most of the users they use USD, okay. but also you can use yeah, five main currency. So GBP, Euro, USD, the Finnish Yen, and then BTC. Mm -hmm. We are also adding more and more stable coins. And uh, yeah, so the, the, the possibility are endless. There are like, so many things you can do. One only thing that we do for the minor coins is that we have a threshold of 10 million in terms of uh, liquidity uh, on exchanges. Okay. So in that case, you always ensure that your trade is going to go through because there's enough liquidity. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the only threshold. So yeah, we, we don't really cover the very, very tiny coins because some of them are dead and, and we, we cannot really understand which project is still alive or not. Right. Do you have any opinions on what a trader should use as his base currency? I mean, excluding those who live in the US. For us Europeans, does it make sense to just use dollars as well? Or is it not really relevant what, which base currency you use? 
I think that's really a personal decision because uh, we have a lot of users who feel comfortable in like the national currencies, so euro or pound, but then you have the people who are more experienced traders. So they'll be looking, for example, their goal is to build up more and more Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So they will actually be looking at Bitcoin denominations. Um, I think that's everyone's personal decision. So it's really not uh, for us to, to worry too much about. Does it make any difference in liquidity though? Just say euro versus dollars or yeah that totally so mm-hmm. it depends of course what you are trade like on the trading pairs yeah. so for example on let's say on coinbase the usd bitcoin trading pair has significantly more liquidity mm-hmm. than let's say the gbp bitcoin trading mm-hmm. pair so let's say if you're making smaller trades that doesn't really make a huge impact for you but if you're looking to trade a position of let's say uh one million or more mm-hmm. then that's then it becomes much more critical for you whereas the majority of liquidity then really matters right, very interesting and what are the security considerations that people need to really be careful about just not to mess up anything when using platforms like yours I mean, in terms of uh, actual security of the platform, it's very minimal. I mean, in terms of uh, from the user, you don't need to really have uh, any any worries because, um, as I said, the funds is on the exchange. You know, in our platform, we have three different servers where we tokenize uh, everything, all the API encryptions. So even if in the very very rare case that some someone can hack Conrule. What the, the worst thing can happen is that uh, basically they, they go to the account and they start trading shit coins basically mm-hmm. and, and they pump and dump it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the only thing, but you cannot lose your fund at all. Saying that, I mean, we use, you know, we are implementing two-factor authentication. We have a, you know, very strong security in place. Our CTO actually, his previous company was a very secure and GDPR compliant login system mm-hmm. uh, for everyone on the web. So yeah, it's very, very strong in cybersecurity. Regularly we do stress tests every three, four months. We have ethical hackers working with us, telling us when there is some small bugs. So yeah, we are very careful about that element. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the main thing is the tokenization and the encryption of the API keys on two different, two, three different locations around the world that really ensure us the highest level of security. Excellent. Uh, earlier we mentioned DeFi. Uh, what elements of DeFi are you most excited about? Wow, that's that's a big question because there are, there's of course so much <laughs> there's so much uh, to be excited about. I'll quickly pick two. Yeah. Uh, one is uh, like really kind of the one is really the big one. You know how we always talk about blockchain replacing the middleman, mm-hmm. and what I'm actually seeing really is that increasingly you get DeFi protocols and elements taking out really the like the banks. Let's say the bank as a lender in protocols like Compound, yeah. or also there have been more and more bonds that are being settled on the Ethereum blockchain, for example. So a lot of this initial promise that everyone got excited about, I mean, it takes a long time until these things really gain traction. But then once they start gaining traction, it acts, actually ends up going faster than people think. So seeing, seeing that really starting to take off and I don't think really people notice yet, but today they're around $1 billion locked in DeFi protocols. Yeah. That's already not a bad amount, and it's growing pretty quickly. 
And the other thing that I'm personally very excited about as well is, and that's something we see a lot from our users, a lot of our users come from places also like Brazil, like Indonesia, Turkey, and other, uh, let's say, emerging market economies. And people there have the same desire like people in uh, the Western world to trade stocks or trade, let's say, Apple stock or Tesla stock, etc. Now, if you're based in a country like, let's say, Nigeria, chances are you are, it's significantly harder for you to access and much more expensive to access the right brokers to go through all the various processes to actually buy that stock. Now, uh, through DeFi, you can buy token like through synthetics, for example, that tracks one to one the price of a Tesla stock. Mm -hmm. So at least you can get the exposure to the price action of that stock. Um, and that's that's great. Like it literally makes it so accessible and so easy for people from around the world to participate in the financial system. It almost like blows my mind to think about it. And I think that's still very little understood what the potential uh, for the world this is. Yeah, very interesting. Do you think that like when it finally becomes mainstream, it would make a big effect on things like Bitcoin, which are more kind of simple and meant as a store of value mostly? Or is it something independent? Um, I mean, well, there is, first of all, there is, there's been now over the last like one or two months, I'm not sure, maybe you've been following it, but the whole, the possibility of wrapping Bitcoin and then having it basically run on Ethereum. So mm. Bitcoin locked in on Ethereum. It's pretty exciting. So I do think that in the future, there'll be a lot of connections between both the Bitcoin and the Ethereum blockchain, because I don't think that Bitcoin will lose its role as kind of like the big old, let's say, stable by crypto yeah. standards, like entity in the space. And you can use it, it will serve as almost like a, a alternative stable coin, but within the DeFi system. So I think the two of them are very much interlinked. Now, of course, the exciting thing is they serve completely different use cases. Bitcoin covering this whole digital gold narrative and uh, Ethereum and DeFi covering elements like banking the unbanked, uh, replacing banks as middlemen, etc. So I think these are two very, very, very uh, well, use cases with a lot of synergies. Awesome. Good, good to know. I didn't know about the Bitcoin within Ethereum. Sounds a bit crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's already actually it's already like three, four years ago that there was a project like that. So yeah, it's already mm -hmm. there. You can use it. I'll look that up. There's now more Bitcoin. You know how people were talking a lot about the Lightning Network yeah. on Bitcoin, but there's actually more Bitcoin now running on the Ethereum blockchain than on the Lightning Network, which is really mind blowing. Interesting. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with everything that's going on. And that's why I love having tools like yours to at least simplify parts of it. You've given me a very good uh, overall view on coin rule. Is there something else that we didn't mention? Well, I, I think there's, there's an overall mission that we are pursuing here. It's the bringing uh, all the crypto space, the blockchain technology to normal people. So with every technology, there's always the first cycle that is for experts, for the early adopters. And uh, what we are seeing now in the crypto space is what uh, was the internet in the 80s, basically, at the beginning. You know, and then the, the internet was invented and then the, the emails was invented. So I think now we are at a stage where uh, in the next five years, we are going to see like, you know, kind of mainstream process 
of uh, cryptocurrencies. For example, if you think about uh, all the markets, the technological markets around the world, like the Nasdaq, you know, they were always meant to be all, all based on digital paradigms. So there is no point of buying like equities of a digital company and then you need to sign shoe papers to actually buy the equities of that. Uh, and that's not so. So the rails of, of the Nasdaq will be run uh, on, on blockchain at some point. Uh, there will be a big change. You know, tokenization is gonna get everywhere, and the, the idea of buying and selling at any time of any uh, any time, and also in any in any way you want, just with a few clicks on on a platform, it will be the standard. So nowadays, if you buy, if you invest in a company, if you just buy some equities, you need to wait five to ten years to actually you know get back your investment. In the future, that will change. It's already partially changed now with the seeders, with crowdfunding, for example. You can invest in a company and then in the secondary market, you can resell it after one or two years and make your 50% or 1x or 2x return. Uh, in the future, you, know, you will be able to buy everything uh, as a token and so resell it whenever you need it. The market will be much more interesting, dynamic, and also much more democratic between normal people in terms of accessibility investment and professional investors. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, and based in London, I mean, that's uh, one of the best places to be for the fintech space. What other ideas or platforms are you excited about within fintech? Oh, there are so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited about actually the um, compound, the fact that anyone can lend mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, in a decentralized system. Also, I'm excited about our own uh, expansion in DeFi because tomorrow you will be able to use DApps, the centralized apps within the strategies. Mm-hmm. So for example, in the future on rule in the next two years, you could say there's a bear market and a big Bitcoin crashes, take my funds, put it in compound, get your interest. Mm-hmm. Then when the market picks up again, take the funds out of that specific DApp and start trading with a specific strategy. So what you will have in all effects, you will have uh, a meta strategy. So a strategy with a lot of DApps inside. And that's very novel. That's very, very powerful. I'm very like excited in, in in kind of making that vision a reality, but it, it needs a lot of work. Yeah, that's awesome. And like things like staking, which you can already do on Kraken, for example. Yeah, it would be very good to have. In, yes, yeah. In ima- imagine that you know one day you can stake your coin on Kraken. The other day you can buy some Tesla mm-hmm. stock. The other day you can you can put it in a in, in a DApp. So yeah, that, that is uh, this flexibility. It's something that has not uh, seen before. Yeah. To conclude, I guess, why should people choose CoinRule over other similar systems? Most importantly, because we make it so easy for you to really automate your trading. I don't think there is a tool in the market that makes it as simple as CoinRule. And really, we make it fun, we make it easy, and we make it educational for you to build automated strategies that allow you to actually compete in a market that's 24-7 open. That's why users love us, and that's why we are excited about all users coming to discover our platform. Awesome. And you're at the moment, you're running a fundraising. If you want to say a few words about that, I think it's an exciting way yes, yes. For, for other people to invest as well. Yeah, yeah, we fundraised last year. Uh, we had the pre-seed last year in July, and uh, with that, we, you know, by by that time we were uh, pre-revenue, pre-traction, pre-user, pre-everything. So we managed to launch a product, get a lot of users on board. We have like already revenue, very good revenue, uh, a month over a month, and and everything is growing. So we we have actually very excited, a very good position. 
but now we need more fund to increase the paid campaigns in terms of marketing and also to recruit uh, two more engineers. We already recruited them in terms of uh, interview. We're just making them an offer. So we need more, more funds to sustain this uh, exponential growth. You know, fintech is something that is uh, expensive. So you need to have a good service, good security in place, regulations. So really a fintech venture needs at least two, three uh, very good uh, rounds of investment in order to succeed. We are on a good path, yeah, but we are looking for more and more funds. So I really encourage everyone that wants to uh, know more just to contact me or Oleg. Uh, you can send an email at uh, invest at coinrule.io uh, and uh, either me uh, or Oleg will reply. Awesome. So if you don't have anything else to add, we'll just wrap it up there. I'll put on some links on the show notes. So some things that we spoke about in the podcast. And for those of you who want to contact you, apart from the email that you just mentioned, how can people get to do so? There's the email or they can actually go on the website, coinroll.io. And when you go, there is a, a, a model window coming up that says invest in us. So it's very straightforward. You can just, it's a form, like three, three fields form, and you, know, you can send us an email. We are very reactive usually. We are very, very reactive with our users. And we also have a chat on the website where you can chat directly uh, with us or with Ruben, our head of trading. All right. Awesome. So thanks a lot for being with me today and good luck with your fundraising. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Sean. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Mastermind.fm. If you liked what you heard in today's episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your feedback encourages us to keep producing the kind of content that you have come to rely on for your own entrepreneurial journey. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the show, send it to us through our website or via email at podcast at mastermind.fm or even connect with us on Twitter at mastermind.fm. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a fantastic week.